3: And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss, so let's jump right in. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by DDS Dobson Smith, who is a licensed therapist, author, executive coach, speaker on leadership and growth, and uh, the author of a fantastic new book. It's called You Can Be Yourself Here, Your Pocket Guide to Creating an Inclusive Workplace by Using the Psychology of Belonging. Fascinating topic. uh, Fascinating topic. DDS Dobson-Smith, welcome to the program.
1: Well, thank you for the warm welcome.
3: Absolutely. It's an honor to have you. Um, And certainly uh, talking about this concept of diversity, especially in this month of Asian American Pacific Islander Uh, it's certainly uh, it's an important time because we know diversity is a fact, inclusion is a behavior and belonging is an experience. And I'm quoting that from your book. So I'd love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became so passionate about this topic.
1: Uh, I think simply put, just my two reasons, my own lived experience as a member of the LGBTQ community and Um, trying to make it um, and be successful in a in a corporate world that doesn't necessarily favor um, people from the LGBTQ community. And then the other thing was, you know, 20 I've I had a before I set up my own consultancy, I was um, working for 25 years in various L&D, org psych, org development roles and creating the main passion that I had was creating workplaces where people can can um, be themselves.
3: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, being so open and sharing that uh, with us. And certainly as we talk about you know, society as a whole, we need to have more conversation about how we can be more inclusive in our workplaces, in our professional environments. And so I actually want to flip from uh, the side of being, as you said, part of the LGBTQ uh, community, but actually talk about uh, the those that might be tuning in, that might be an entrepreneur, a business owner how they can become more aware of their own, as you say in your book, social conditioning and dismantle some of the racism, sexism, and uh, some of those behaviors. Because you've seen a lot in your time, and I know you share a lot in your book. Again, it's called You Can Be Yourself Here, Your Pocket Guide to Creating Inclusive Workplaces by Using the Psychology of Belonging. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing out there and how can the entrepreneurs tuning in create more inclusive workspaces?
1: Well, in order to have an inclusive workplace, you you, you the, the prerequisite to inclusion is diversity, and it, and very very simply put, as as you shared, diversity is a fact. It you, you either do or do not have a diverse organization, and the way to check whether you have a diverse organization or not is to look around and are there people that are like you? If the answer is yes then you ask yourself the question, are there people that aren't like you? And you're hoping for another answer, yes. And and the, if you can answer yes to both of those questions, you're likely to have a diverse organization. Then um, what you need to ensure is that the organization behaves in an inclusive way. And by behavior, I not only mean the way in which people act, interact, and react, but also the the, the policies, the process, the protocols that are set up in the organization, do they promote inclusivity?
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's so important. So let's talk about those policies, those procedures, those things that again you can control. Sometimes you you come in, and again you do that look around, and you you ask those questions of Are people? Do people look like me? Are they are they a part of the same community that I'm in? And and certainly who's around to your left and right. But what about those policies and procedures? What can the folks tuning in do to actively promote and encourage a, an inclusive and diverse workplace.
1: Yeah, I mean, we you can start with looking at your recruitment policies uh, in terms of um, wh- where do you search for candidates. Um, is it is it in all in the same places, and are you are you searching for hom- homogeneity or are you searching for diversity? Um, once you've found candidates, then how you interview them, um, whether that is being able to remove names from resumes and application forms to remove some of that um, that bias that can exist. Um, uh, and, and and also whether what kind of short lists you're presenting to hiring mm-hmm. managers. Um, and then when you get into the actual business, it's everything from do you have policies that promote um, you know uh, parental leave for any of the genders um do you have policies that allow for people who trans people who want to transition in the workplace i mean there's a whole raft of things that, that all go all, also goes into you know how is your premises and you know i talk about it in quite in 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 some depth but very very practically in the book
3: Absolutely. Again, I've been chatting with DDS Dobson Smith, the author of You Can Be Yourself Here, Your Pocket Guide to Creating an Inclusive Workplace by Using the Psychology of Belonging. We've been chatting about what inclusive policies, practices, and behaviors can be created in your own workplace. But I want to go back to your story for a moment. You mentioned that obviously being a part of the LGBTQ community. um, Mm -hmm. But how how did you discover that not only are you looking to be a part of those communities that we just talked about, um, to to make sure that again your surroundings, both personal and professional, are inclusive. But how did you discover that? Hey, I actually want to now make an impact in the workplace as a whole, in industry as a whole. Well, there must be a story over here.
1: Yeah, I mean there 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 are there are countless stories. If I'm honest, Shalom, and um, you know, I think um, I think the one that hits home the most is having been told several times uh through through my across my career if I could tone it down. And and I I realized it it wasn't until I'd gotten to a, a very senior position, a C suite position, when somebody said, you know, DDS, maybe in this meeting coming up you can just tone it down a bit. It wasn't until that point, after nearly twenty two, twenty-three years where and, and being in a senior position myself where I felt like I had the courage to be able to turn around and say, what do you mean tone it down? And clearly it was coded language for could you be less gay or could you be more straight in that meeting? And so once I pressed this person, I'm like, well, what do you mean tone it down? And they said, well, you know, just perhaps, and and they said, could you be a a bit less gay? And I looked at them and I said, well, could you be a little bit less straight? Should we try that? And they said, I don't know how to do that. And I said, exactly. And I thought to myself, if it's taken me this long to be able to recognize that coded language and to be able to have the courage to be able to, to talk back and to, and to lay down a boundary and to fend for myself, then I, I know I'm not alone in this situation. And, and I think it, it is high time that that stopped.
3: Well, good for you for having that courage and, again, not only learning from those experiences and not just being vocal, but actually writing a book and actually, you know, getting on radio shows like this one and sharing that message. So speaking of radio shows and speaking of writing, you have a fantastic read, um, which I've had the opportunity just to uh, get started in. What will people learn if they pick up a copy of your of your new book, which I know just came out uh, back in February?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I I wrote it really for founders, CEOs, leaders, um, uh, HR professionals, um, as a as a practical guide to creating workplaces where um, employees can experience belonging. But what I've found is that the book is appealing to so many more uh, people outside of that that initial audience, and I'm hearing from people how. They're reading the book and they are immediately hooked and they immediately feel seen by the book. So I think there's something in there for everyone in terms of just a little bit of therapy, but also a ton of practical, very simple tools that you can uh, deploy in your organization that will lead to the experience of belonging.
3: Well, practical is the magic word here in Get Down to Business because we like to share homework assignments that p- folks can put into practice in the week ahead in 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 business and certainly one of those homework assignments is picking up a copy of your book so dds dobson <laughs> smith how can people uh learn more uh pick up a copy of the book and get in touch with you and your team
1: yeah so um you can head over to um my website which is soultrained.com you can email me at dds at com. Um, and if you do head to the website, check out the page, um, called shift happens, you'll see videos and, uh, blog articles and podcasts on there that will give you a flavor of what it's like to work with soul trained.
3: Fantastic. The book is again, you can be yourself here. Your pocket guide to creating inclusive works, workplaces based in psychology of belonging. DDS Stops Smith. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us on the air. I look forward to following your story in the coming weeks and months ahead. A quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Maybe that can get down to business in just a moment. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, you can always go to my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download the past eight plus years of shows. Uh, and plus download and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Share it with a fellow entrepreneur they, and you will not regret it. I'm thrilled to be joined by Jonathan Rosenfeld from Jonathan from Rosenfeld Injury Lawyers. And Jonathan is an attorney in Chicago, concentrating in cases involving serious injury and wrongful death. Uh, Mr. Rosenfeld has uh, founded the firm um, and has grown the business quite a bit. So we're going to talk certainly about what he does, but also that uh, concept of sort of being successful in business and developing your own firm. So, Jonathan, welcome to the program.
4: Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here.
3: So what was that moment when you discovered you're not just a lawyer, but you are an entrepreneur?
4: Very early on. you know, I, I realized very, very early that the people who made money, frankly, were the people who are bringing in cases. Um, You know, you can go to law school and get all A's and you can do extremely well, but the bottom line is if you're not bringing in business, uh, you will ultimately be at at someone's beck and call and, you know, you don't really have much control over your life. So early on, I realized that. I'm, you know, very grateful. I didn't learn a whole lot in law school, but I did learn that you, got to hustle and and get business early
3: on. Absolutely. So important. And one of the things that I found fascinating as soon as you and I were connected was um, you're very passionate as I am in uh, relationships, true business relationships. You're not just looking to grow your firm, which uh, thankfully you have done quite successfully. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, But you it sounds like you really enjoy working with people that you actually enjoy working with. So what is it that you look for when building business relationships and what's been successful for you?
4: Uh, probably, without a doubt, people who are just committed, um, committed to the business, committed to, you know, their own success. And, you know, if, if someone's committed, um, we can do a lot together. Uh, if someone is extremely bright and they're not motivated, they're not committed, they're not genuinely invested, um, I find that it's, it's just not really going to be a good fit for, for me to work with them. So the people that I work with business wise, I've been working with them for years and years. Um, and, you know, ultimately, it's very reassuring to me that I don't really have to check in on them. They don't, you know, hopefully have to check in on me. Um, but I know what they're, that they're out there doing their thing. And hopefully they know that I'm uh, on the other end doing my thing. And we're both, you know, working towards a, a mutual goal.
3: I'm chatting with Jonathan Rosenfeld from Rosenfeld Injury Lawyers, a successful entrepreneur firm has grown quite a bit, pretty consistently, even in an era of some additional uh, competition headwinds from the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And Jonathan, I know you are an avid networker. You've just been talking about that power of relationships Um, and, you know, it's interesting um, when you're talking about networking, you come across frankly a lot of lawyers, frankly, a lot of personal injury lawyers. Jonathan, how do you stand apart from your competition?
4: Um, probably the biggest thing that that I do differently than, than other attorneys, and I, I think I realized this again a long time ago, it wasn't necessarily i didn't set out to do it was that you know I just basically try to be as accessible uh, to people as possible, you know I think the the days of hiring a stodgy attorney to work on your case are really have really come and gone, and I think when people see a real person, um, you know, who's genuinely invested, you know, like it or leave, really, take it or leave, it, uh, you know, they have some personality uh, behind that. They they're very appreciative, you know. I and you know, frankly, I try to be like I said, I try to be accessible. I give people my cell phone. You know, they if someone emails me. Um, I get back to them usually within an hour, um, certainly within the day. And I think that goes a long way towards building um, not just satisfied clients, but really building long term relationships.
3: And Jonathan, um, of course, you are a successful lawyer. We'll talk in a moment about what you actually do. But as I have this conversation, I'm thinking a lot of it in the frame of what advice and what homework assignments can we give to fellow entrepreneurs that are tuning in, either in Chicago or beyond. So what advice would you have for a business owner that's tuning in that might be in their business that's uh, that how did you go from just running a firm to actually Growing and expanding. Are there any sort of secret sauce? I know you're you're big into marketing, big into networking. What would you like to see everybody tuning in? Um, you know, sort of put into practice in the week ahead.
4: I think you need to uh, compartmentalize things to a certain degree and really put aside some time in your day or your week and really devote that to either networking, towards uh, growing a, a website, developing content whatever it is, um, ultimately, I think you will find that that will be the most uh, impactful time of your week or day. And ultimately, you know, looking back on things, you know, the time that I spend working on those tasks is far more valuable, frankly, than practicing law. Um, and I think people really need to re- recognize that you know, early on. So you know, put aside the time, do it, and also realize that you know, nothing happens overnight. you know, you got to put the time in. It's a long haul process. Um, You know, if you expect immediate results, you're probably going to be sorely disappointed.
3: Again, I'm chatting with Jonathan Rosenfeld, Rosenfeld Injury Lawyers, um, an attorney in Chicago, uh, Illinois, concentrating in cases involving serious injury and wrongful death. Jonathan, for a uh, for a listener tuning in, they'd they'd hear your story and realize that you are a workaholic and you it sounds like you work really really hard and are committed to all the relationships with clients and of course your networking partners but uh, Jonathan I know you talk frequently about having balance in your life um, and your personal life is very important to you how do you balance those two
4: it's tough um, I am very uh, you know, I grew up swim uh, competitively and You know, when swimming, you know, one of the things it teaches you a lot of different things. But one of the things it teaches you is, you know, hey, you can't miss practice. Uh, You got to go show up no matter what. And I think that sort of taught me early on. You know, hey, you got to show up. You do your things that you want to do, and put that time into, you know, carve that time out of your day in order for you to be happy, successful, um, and it really sort of balancing things out. So pretty much every morning, you know, I will steadfast, you know, I, I will always, you know, do some kind of workout, um, you know, for a couple hours or whatever. And that time is, is not negotiable. Um, and, you know, every, everyone's got a different way of doing things. But that's something that, you know, works for me. And it really settles me for the day. Um, so I do things like that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm probably as guilty as anyone of being a workaholic and probably uh, going a little bit overboard. But, you know, my wife nudges me and, uh, you know, I try to get back on track. And when I, when I am with her and with my kids, you know, I do try to put my phone aside for at least a few minutes. So uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing's perfect, but that's, that's the best I can do.
3: Well, that's that's good advice right there. That uh, you know it is possible to uh, to grow your business, to not just sustain your business, but grow your business, but also maintain a uh, very healthy uh, you know physical exercise regime, as well as um, as well as of course maintain healthy personal relationships as well. So, Jonathan, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds in terms of personal injury, but what is it that you? do at your firm and i asked this question a little bit uh, differently earlier but again what makes you better than some of the other firms that are out there why would somebody come to you what is it that you and your team do
4: yeah i mean i think the biggest thing is you know obviously the the one-on-one attention is is really first and foremost um you know i know a lot of firms you know everyone's just a, a file number uh a blank slate but what we do is we really try to give people individualized attention and the way we do that is we're obviously we put a priority on that but also we're intentionally selective with the cases that we take we don't take on you know thousands and thousands of cases um, and just put them in a file cabinet and just you know wait for them to get resolved. when we take on a case we invest quite a bit of time and money um, into that case so we have maximum resources available to really maximize the outcome of the case, other firms, what they tend to do is they tend to you know take in whatever uh, comes in through the door and hope you know things settle where they where they may be, but we really try to devote maximum time and attention to each case
3: well, that's great, and I know you invest in as we said earlier, your the relationships that you have um professionally uh, not just in chicago but really around the country um and that's why you've stood out in uh, personal injury uh, again wrongful death and uh, certainly everybody when we talk about homework assignments and action items uh, getting in touch with jonathan rosenfeld from rosenfeld injury lawyers is certainly at the top of that list jonathan we've learned a lot in our conversation together how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to network and learn more about your firm's services
4: Look me up, Rosenfeld Injury dot com. Hit the website. Look me up on YouTube, Rosenfeld Injury Lawyers, or you can even check out the personal injury podcast, very original title. Uh we're on all the different platforms. But uh feel free to reach out and I look forward to talking to you.
3: Absolutely good great content online. Definitely encourage all of our listeners to subscribe to the podcast and get on the website. But we've got to squeeze in a quick break for some headlines, commercials. We'll be back after this quick break here on the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial.
0: Hey,
3: welcome back. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Hey, do yourself a favor. Go on my website, shalomkline.com, and go to your favorite podcast app and search for Get Down to Business, um, and click that subscribe button. Subscribe, rate, review, and share. It certainly makes it easier for everybody to uh, to get in touch with, uh, with us and listen to one of the many, many, many Dozens of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship that we air each and every Sunday here on Get to, on AM 560 um, and again fa- available in your favorite podcast app. And also be sure to check out our friend Tom Mirabali from HealthPlanChicago.com, HealthPlanChicago.com for all of your health insurance, Affordable Care Act needs. Uh, It's a great resource. He is a great resource for you. And I encourage you to get in touch. He'll offer you a free consultation. Again, just go to his website, healthplanchicago.com, and mention that you heard about his services through Get Down to Business. But if you're getting online, it means that you are probably pretty darn good at sort of searching for things. What's that first thing you do when you need new marketing ideas? If you're like me and, you know, if you're looking for new accounting software, even when you notice, frankly, a flat tire in your car, my guess is that, like me, you're turning to Google. The reality is is that 61% of marketers, and I know so many of the folks tuning in to get down to business, named SEO as a top marketing priority in 2021. SEO, by the way, is search engine optimization. So it's a cold, hard truth that without at least some presence on Google, your business is going to face a digital uphill battle. So I want to talk today about search engine optimization, also known as SEO. We're going to talk about what SEO is, how it works, and what you need to do to to position your business website in search engine results. But before we, we begin, I want to assure you of something. So many resources make SEO complex. You know, I've heard so many podcasts where, frankly, I'm scared after listening to it because there's so much technical jargon, advanced elements, and honestly, nothing seems possible or practical. What I want to do is I want to break it down very, very simply. Again, let's start with the basics. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. The goal of SEO is to expand the company's visibility in organic search results. And as a result, these efforts drive more visitors to the company's website, increasing your chances for more conversions, which leads to more customers, which means more revenue, which means that your family is happy, and everybody wants happy families. So I often refer to SEO as a strategy to ensure that when someone Googles your product or service category, that they're going to find your website. But this simplifies uh, the discipline quite a bit. There's tons of ways to improve the search engine optimization of your site pages, Search engines are gonna look for elements like title tags, keywords, image tags, internal link structures and inbound links. Search engines are also looking at the site structure and design, the visitor behavior, and some other factors that are involved. So with all those factors taken into account, SEO primarily drives two things, rankings and visibility. So again, how does it work? It's scanning your website and then it basically indexes it on Google. So when you search a term, your website will pop up when people are searching terms that tie to your website content. So, rankings. Rankings is what search engines use to determine where to place a particular web page in the search engine results. Rankings start at position number zero through the final number of search engine results for the query, and a web page can rank for one position at a time. As time passes, the web page's ranking might change. Due to age, competition in the results, or algorithm changes. Visibility. What is visibility when it comes to search engines? This term is describing how prominent a particular domain is in the search engine results. Lower search search visibility occurs when a domain isn't visible for many relevant search queries, whereas with higher search visibility, the opposite is true. Both are responsible for delivering those main objectives, traffic and domain authority. So in our remaining minute, I want to talk about the importance of SEO. There's one more important why, reason why you should be using search engine optimization. Basically, search engines pretty much guarantee your business success. In June 2021, there was a study that said 92% of internet searches happen on a Google property. So that means that if you want to ensure that people are finding your website, you need to make sure that Google knows how to rank your page. Search engines have a single goal only. Their goal is to provide users with the most relevant answers or information. That's why people are going to Google to search. That's why I go to Google's to search for things. And to deliver the right information to users, search engines are analyzing two factors, the relevancy between the search query and the content of the page, and search engines are assessing it by various factors like topics or keywords. The authority is measuring basically the popularity of the internet. So Google is assuming that the more popular a page or resource is, the more valuable its content is to readers. So pretty much you need to make sure that you've got the right technical setup, which we've talked a little bit about before, making sure that everything works on your website. You've got to make sure that the content Content is valuable content that it's actually talking about terms that readers will want to see. So the keywords are really important and making sure that you're using those keywords over and over and over again is really important. That includes things like linking to other websites as well. Very, very important. And it's also really important that you track these results and see what's working and what's not working. So there you go. Search Engine Optimization 101. Maybe we'll be able to advance this uh, in future weeks and talk a little bit more in detail. I know we've had many guests on the program that have talked about this in more technical, length and detail and we'll be sure to do that again always go to my website shalomkline.com i post a lot of content and information that's relevant to all small business owners and entrepreneurs but speaking of content and information that you won't want to miss i'm absolutely thrilled after the break be, to be joined by bob schlegel who's going to talk about angels and entrepreneurs don't touch that dial we'll be right back Welcome back to Get Down to Business, a show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So speaking of entrepreneurship, being an entrepreneur is certainly not a job. It's a lifestyle around one's business. And that is why I am thrilled, truly, truly thrilled to be joined by seasoned entrepreneur Bob Schlegel, um, who has spent more than four decades of experience in teaching and educating aspiring business leaders on what factors to consider uh, before they uh, make a sale or seal their first deal. And, uh, Bob, I know you have written a fantastic book, uh, Angels and Entrepreneurs, a Lifestyle Formula of Starting Your Own Business and Riding the Roller Coaster of Entrepreneurship. That's exactly what it is. Bob Schlegel, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Sean. It's great to be with you.
3: Oh, thrilled to have you. What you talk about, Angels and Entrepreneurs, and I love that title, is something that we talk about every single week, truly, on this program. So, Bob, I love having you, but I love to get to know the person behind the microphone, um, I know you and your wonderful wife and business partner Myrna. Um, I know that you are passionate entrepreneurs. But I love to know the story behind uh, behind the people behind the microphone. How did you become so passionate about this topic? Sure. Well,
2: I grew up on a farm in in uh, southern Ontario, Canada, outside of Toronto, and um, went on to grow up the farm. Farm life. Uh, I was the first generation to go to, to go to high school and college, that sort of thing. But my um, but after grade ten, I wanted to, to leave. Uh, I wanted to quit school and become a car mechanic, uh, an apprenticeship program. And my mother wouldn't hear it. But of course, I still remember her. I could still hear her saying, "You know, you're not quitting school, little brat." So I finished school, got a university, and got um, a CPA. And um, and during during that time, uh, going to school, one of my profs was saying the greatest way to become successful, you know, in um, in America, North America is to become a Fortune 500 CEO, work work towards that, you know, get the CEO, they make a lot of money, have a lot of prestige and that sort of thing. well, That's great, except there's, uh, there's only 500 of them, right? So I thought, there's 350 million people in America, my chances of becoming a national hockey player, or football, NFL, or CFL, or baseball player is better than becoming a Fortune CEO. So um, I always wanted to go start my own company and do my own thing. My dad was a bit of a small-time entrepreneur, uh, so I just wanted to control my own destiny a little bit better.
3: Absolutely. That is fantastic. Um, so what is sort of that biggest lesson, the number one lesson that you've learned in all of your years in business that you would want to share with the entrepreneurs tuning in?
2: Mm. I think the three most important thing, things in, um, in the book, if I did the shortcut, are the ones get get the, all the education you can, get the best education you can and all you can. And part of that is the experience of um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 Hours, the old liar book. I'm a great believer in that. So with education and experience, and then set big goals, and then never give up. I think those three things are, if you get that out of the book, I think that my mission has been accomplished. You know, education, big goals, and never give up.
3: Okay. Absolutely. So you've talked about education, um, and you talked about your own sort of experience of being a less-than-stellar student. Um, how did you achieve all this success without uh, success in the classroom?
2: Ah. Uh, I just kept doing things over again. <laughs> took A lot of summer schools are in there, as far as the education goes. So I just, um, the whole thing is um, never giving up. Set your set your goal. Um, I wanted to go to CPA, because during far, my life in the farm, was a, per, the visitor of the farm every once a year would be the CPA, coming to do your, and my dad's annual taxes. I said, what is it do you, you you do? I used to check cow and chicken um, you know, on my boots. And, um, so just seeing the CPA come and um, and see what he does uh, inspired me to get that. So that was my goal to get the get the CPA, and then after that you have to set you know big goals about your own company, your own business, and uh, keep working and working at working at it. You know, try it, fix it, try and fix it, try and fix it.
3: Oh wow! Absolutely, no. That' great, great advice. Again, I'm chatting with Bob Schlegel, the author of Angels and Entrepreneurs' Lifestyle Formula for Starting Your Own Business and Riding the Roller Coaster of Entrepreneurship. And uh, there's a lot of words in that. You use that term lifestyle. You use that term roller coaster. Do you mind sort of defining each of those two terms and why you ch- why why you believe that those two terms are both associated with entrepreneurship?
2: Sure. Well, I, entrepreneurship. Um, the lifestyle basically is. Um, um, you know, you never, you, your whole family's involved, all your partners, I have, a, I have a little acronym that I use, it's called PEP, PEP, um, the first P, that's your persistence. I think the most important attribute you can have is persistence and how that relates to um, to what you, your success in life period, being at school or business or, or being a salesman. Um, so without persistence, you, you just can't get anywhere. You don't, you don't have to be smarter than your competition, you have to be more persistent. And then the education we talked about, so the PEP, the PEP is a persistence, education, entrepreneurship, where you control your own destiny, and uh, just the, the excitement of running your own company and keeping score and monitoring uh, your KPIs, key performance indicators, that sort of thing. And then number four is the other P is passion. If, you, if you're passionate about what you do, you never work another day in your life. So I think you gotta be passionate about it and love what you're doing. And, and then and the, the last P is partnerships. That's where the angels come in. You have partners, your angels are your partners, your, your wife, your family, your business partners. Your customers, your suppliers—they're all your partners, and all your it's going to be all your angels. And uh, with combine that with the power of positive thinking, uh, I think um, that'll get you there.
3: Absolutely, the, the I love that the pep philosophy um, coming uh, in the fantastic read "Angels and Entrepreneurs: The Lifestyle Formula for Starting Your Own Business and writing the Roller Coaster for Entrepreneurship." Um, Bob, you've you've done a lot of things. Uh, again, from some humble roots, maybe not the best in the classroom, but certainly you're passionate about education. I know that you have uh, been quite successful in business. And when we come back after the break, we're going to chat a little bit more about the about sort of. Well, you talk about a lot in the book about buying or building businesses, and uh, and how to collaborate and how to look at at uh, competitors and so on. We're gonna we're gonna connect on that in just a moment. But if people want to buy your book, where can they find it?
2: Amazon, of course, is the biggest source. Uh, Barnes Noble. It's available in uh, you know print, uh, audio, and and uh, ebook as well. And the the, great, the biggest compliment I ever get on the book, um, Shalom, is. Um, I have to finish somebody's reading it. About half a dozen people have called me and said, as soon as I finished reading a book, I went out and ordered one for each of my kids and each of my grandkids. So I think to me, that's a great. That's fantastic. A quick break
3: here on Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Thanks, Alum. chatting with Bob Schlegel from Angels and Entrepreneurs, a lifestyle formula for starting your own business and riding the Roller coaster for entrepreneurship. You can buy the book on Amazon. And of course, visit Bob's website, bobschlegelauthor.com. We'll spell that in just a moment. But Bob, you've done a lot of things, started a bunch of companies. You've uh, You've launched companies. You've sold companies. You've done quite a bit. We've been chatting a little bit about the PEP philosophy and why it's so important for success. But again, going into that uh, sort of topic of buying versus building your own business, what what do you enjoy doing more? Because if I understand correctly, you've probably done a little bit of both. Exactly.
2: I think it's more fun, obviously, to start something from scratch. And then you build it and everything's based on what your own personal thoughts are and goals are. But it takes a long time. It took me. Um, my first company, my first big company, Pavestone Company. Uh, it took me 14 years to get it to $10 million in sales, uh, which is a pretty long time. And then to be really big, to tell, start making any serious money, was the 10 million dollars in sales level. And then it took me another five years to get it to $100 million. And after that, things started to grow. So it's, uh, it's um, it, after that it took me, it grew 100 million every three years for, for uh, another nine years. So we had uh, by the time we had we had about $400 million in sales by uh, in, in year uh, you know year 28. That's a lot of work and blood, sweat, and tears and following those goals and being persistent to get the, get it there. So so building it is the is hard part. Is starting one from scratch is the hard part, and it takes a long time to build it. If you can buy so, one, you, know, you have, you have um, employees and customers and everything right there. So it's much, much easier.
3: Absolutely. So if you were talking to a young Bob Schlegel starting out in their career, a young entrepreneur that might be tuning in um, on Get Down to Business on uh, the podcast or the radio show, would you do anything different? Would you start or buy your own first business? Uh,
2: I would. Um, usually, if you don't have any money or capital, you had to, you got to start your own, or get a customer, get a customer to help finance you, or, or a supplier or a vendor. Um, but buying it is obviously the best way. If you can, um, if you can, you know, find find the right source. And the best way is to get the Malcolm, I like backup. Gladwell's ten thousand hours of, of uh, experience and get that behind you. Maybe work for someone in an industry you can learn. Learn the industry, learn the customer base, learn the quality, learn how to make customers happy. Uh, that's, um, and then maybe buy an option, but, but have, maybe a buy from somebody that's retiring, or, or somebody you're working or your boss wants to spin off a division, or he wants to retire, or he wants to do something else. Um, the best way is to take over something that's, that's growing, uh, and save yourself the first 10 or 15 or 20 years, of start up, that sort of thing.
3: We've been chatting uh, about some of those terms, lifestyle and roller coaster. But um, when you're doing lifestyle, like you said, you've got partners along the way. When you're on a roller coaster, there's usually somebody sitting next to you on that roller coaster ride. So how important are those personal relationships that you're uh, professional relationships, your partner, uh, your partner, business partner relationships. And you also talk a little bit in the book about having relationships with your competitors. Can you talk about all that within a minute or less? <laughs> sure. I think you have to know your competitor. I don't know if you're friends with your competitors, but
2: don't, your competitors don't have to be your enemies. So you can um, meet them at uh, trade shows and that sort of thing and just keep, keep in contact so you know who they are, you know what they look like, uh, you know some of their, but the, their personality. Because uh, sometimes they're going to want to sell their company, or you're going to sell yours, and, so and they're the perfect buyer for your company, or you want to buy them. Uh, so it's just good to stay in tune, plus, you, plus stay in tune to the industry, you know, is the industry growing or slowing down, is the industry consolidating, you know, or is it uh, time, to, time to sell your shop? If you worried, I wouldn't, I don't like to sell a business until there's some strategic reason that it's, you know, growing in the ditch somewhere, or not doing well, or the progress is slowing down.
3: That's good advice right there. Again, I'm chatting with Bob Schlegel. Um, you've got a great book. Can you tell us uh, what it's called again and again how we can get in touch with you and purchase a copy?
2: Sure, it's called Angels and Entrepreneurs. It's on Amazon or it's on, at uh, bobschlegelauthor.com. It's Schlegel's S C H L E G E L 2 E's. Um, and that's the, the best way. i um, happy to I also have a website, uh, bobschlegelauthor.com. Um, uh, Instagram is bobschlegelauthor. It's all pretty pretty straightforward
3: absolutely well Bob you shared a lot of great advice with our listeners because entrepreneurship truly is a roller coaster, and it truly is a lifestyle look forward to following your story bringing you back on the show but that's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business we'll be back next Sunday at 6pm right here on AM560 The Answer or on your favorite podcast app to success let's get down to business get on my website shalomkline.com we'll talk to you next week have a great week Ed
2: thanks all